this Advent season, there's other characters besides Mary and Joseph and, you know, the angels and, of course, baby Jesus, who make up the Advent story. And one of the characters that I'm going to be reading about today is Zachariah and his son, Johnny the Baptist. Johnny the Baptist. <laughs> and Johnny the Baptist is otherwise, otherwise known as John, who was that great first prophet, I guess, in the, in the New Testament. And he was born to parents who were very old, like Sarah and Abraham in the Bible, in the Old Testament, who couldn't have kids. And um, so Zachariah's wife, um, Elizabeth, um, were not able to have children. And then she miraculously got pregnant just at the same time that Mary, mother of Jesus, and Jesus, cousin of Johnny the Baptist, um, was, was told that she was going to have a baby miraculously, even though she'd never been with any man. So uh, I know that maybe Zachariah is not too famous, but I like this story because it makes me think of um, God's goodness and it makes me think of our true ID, our true identity and what God has to say about that. And it also talks about God being gracious and we need graciousness. We need God's grace when we mess up, right? We need just the love of God when we don't deserve it. So I'm gonna be reading kind of a long passage here. So just try to be patient because it's just how it is. Some of these stories are kind of long. So I'm, we're in the book of Luke today. And we're in the first chapter where the story of um, Jesus' birth starts. And I'm going to start with verse five. So this gives you kind of a background for what's going to happen in the Christmas story here. So Luke chapter one, verse five, page 855 in the thick Bible. And I don't know the thin Bible, but so. In the days of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah of the division of Abijah. And he had a wife from the daughters of Aaron and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God walking blamelessly in all the commandments and statutes of the Lord, but they had no child because Elizabeth was, Elizabeth was barren and both were advanced in years. In other words, they were old. So let's keep that in mind. Remember, it says they were both righteous before God and walking blamelessly. Then something's going to happen. Right? So now, while Zechariah was serving as priest before God, when his division was on duty, According to the custom of the priesthood, he was chosen by lot, kind of like drawing straws, to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense. I just want to let you know that that is something that only occurs about once in a priest's lifetime. So this would be like, I don't want to say the equivalent is like hitting the jackpot or something like that. But it's like for a priest, it would be like a rare thing, you know, that would happen that you actually get chosen to go and um, burn the incense in the temple. So it's a big opportunity. Okay. 
So meanwhile, a whole multitude of people were praying outside at the hour of incense. Bunch, huge crowd of people were outside while he's inside the temple praying. And there appeared to Zechariah an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. So let's imagine that. So he's there in the temple. He's so shocked and excited. The time of the lifetime opportunity to actually go serve. He got chosen by chance or by, not by chance, however it worked out. According to God, and there he was. And this angel says to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah. Do not be afraid for your prayers. Your prayer has been answered and heard and your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son and you shall call his name John. And you will have great joy and gladness and many will rejoice at his birth for he will be great before the Lord. And he must not drink wine or strong drink and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb. Wow. He was going to be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he was born. This is pretty shocking. And this is before Pentecost, before Jesus, before anything. Little Johnny is going to be filled with the Holy Spirit in his mom's belly before he's even born. Imagine that. So it says, and he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord, their God, and he will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready for the Lord a people prepared. Okay, so that's the message. Zechariah is going to, apparently, Zechariah, well, we know from before that Zechariah and Elizabeth couldn't have children, but they were praying. And so this angel comes to him in this moment where he's in the temple and tells him, oh, your prayer is being answered, right? Your prayer is being answered. You're going to have a son. And we talked about him turning, you know, the hearts of children to their fathers and this, this amazing um, mission that he has, like to make ready for the Lord a people, to prepare people for God's coming because Jesus was going to come. That's who the Lord is. And this John, Johnny, is going to be the one doing that. Okay. So imagine if you've been praying and your prayers answered, well, wouldn't you be joyful and just say, praise the Lord? That's so cool. Would you? Well, Zechariah, interestingly, though it says he was a righteous man earlier, he said to the angel, how shall I know this? For I'm an old man and my wife is advanced in years. And the angel answered him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God and I was sent to you and I was sent to you to bring this good news. And behold, you will now be silent and unable to speak until the day that these things take place because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their time. And the people were waiting for Zechariah and they wondered at his delay in the temple. And when he came out, he was unable to speak to them. And they realized that he had seen a vision in the temple and he kept making signs to them 
and remained mute. And when his time of service was ended, he went to his home. After these days, Elizabeth, his wife, conceived, and for the first and for five months she kept herself hidden, saying, Thus the Lord has done for me in the days when he looked on me to take away my, my shame among the people. All right, so we have a man who's very godly, and he's praying for a child. But when his prayer is answered, like here's an angel standing before him in the temple and saying, your prayer has been answered, so you should like make the connection that this is for real. He's like, well, how do I know? How do I know? Because like I'm old and my wife is old. And how is that going to, how do I know this is for real? And he says, um, he wanted a sign, right? How do I know? Like, give me a sign type of thing. Well, angel, the angel's like, I'm an eight, I'm, you know, Gabriel, like, why do you need a sign? I'm, I just told you your prayers are answered, but yet he has a hard time believing, right? And so Gabriel actually does give him a sign besides that, which is that he becomes mute. I'm pretty sure that was a better sign even than just saying, hey, your prayers are answered because it could maybe it could be someone that looked like an angel, I suppose, and faking him out and Maybe he knew that they were praying, you know, and he just showed up and said that. But the fact that now Zechariah can't speak probably would be a pretty strong sign. Kind of funny. God has a sense of humor. Like, okay, you want a sign? Here's a sign. Anyway, um, his wife does get pregnant. So there's, there's another sign, I'm pretty sure, because she was too old to have children. And if you read the in-between story, which is about Mary also getting pregnant at the same time. You'll see some really cool similarities, but cool differences too, interesting differences. So now I'm going to skip ahead and finish the part of the story that I want you to know about. So now I'm gonna jump over to verse 57 on the next page, 856 in the Thick Bible, where it says the birth of John the Baptist. Uh, now the time came for Elizabeth to give birth, and she bore a son. And her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown great mercy to her, and they rejoiced with her. That's so cool. They're rejoicing. And on the eighth day, they came to circumcise the child. So just eight days after he was born, they do this uh, Jewish operation, which we don't really practice so much anymore. But anyway, that was part of what they did. And that's also the day that they named the child. So it says they would have called him Zachariah after his father, but his mother answered, no, he shall be called John. And they said to her, none of your relatives is called by that name. And they made signs to his father inquiring what he wanted him to be called. Apparently, Zachariah was not only deaf, I mean, mute, but deaf, because they had to make signs, right? So if he could hear, they wouldn't have to make signs, but I'm, I'm assuming he was a deaf mute now. So they made signs, and he's like writing back his answer on tablet. Uh, so he asked for a stone, you know, can I have a piece of stone, please? I'm going to write my answer. Chisel it. So he got a stone tablet and wrote, his name is John. 
So how did he know his name was going to be John? So Elizabeth knew it because Elizabeth was told. Um, but how did how did Zechariah know it? He was told by the angel member. So it says that he says his name is John. And they said, oh, wait, 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 okay. And they all wondered. And I think they're wondering because that just was not done back then. Um, they wondered why in the world they wouldn't name him Zachariah, like after his father. So, because that would be to honor him. And back then that's what they did. They named children by a family name. Um, but people are wondering what is going on here? So just to let you know that, that, it, that just wouldn't have been done back then to name a, a kid after a, somebody besides a relative or at least the dad. So <clears throat> I find this really interesting why this is, why this is the case. Um, so all of the people, all the neighbors are wondering and same time immediately, Zachariah's mouth was open and it says his tongue was loosened up and he spoke blessing God and fear came on all these neighbors and all these things were talked about through all the hill country of Judea and all who heard them laid them up in their hearts. By the way, like Mary, she's going to lay up as a treasure in her heart about baby Jesus being born to her. So they laid all these things up in their hearts saying, what then will this child be? For the hand of the Lord was with him. So I wonder about this whole name thing and what it means for us and what it meant for Johnny the Baptist because he was apparently called to not follow in his dad's footsteps. I mean, his parents were great parents and I'm sure that Zachariah was thinking, well, maybe he'll be a priest like me. I mean, that would be, that's, that was logical. You know, there was a priesthood. Like that was when you were in that business or that role or whatever you call it, ministry, you know, whatever business or ministry thing you were in, <clears throat> whatever job you had back then was usually what your kids would fall into because they just learned what you were doing and was expected. But now, <clears throat> I think that, you know, the fact that he's not taking on his dad's name or anybody else in the family is suggesting that there is a different way that God is going to be working with his people. And I feel like this is how God works with us, is that he does not see us as just directly a chip off the old block of our parents. Thank goodness, you know, that we that, that there's, to me, there's um, hope here in that we are free to be the person that God calls us to be. Just like John the Baptist was going to be freed to be this guy out in the desert doing very kind of odd things compared to, you know, what people would expect. I mean, he's going to be out in the desert wearing camel hair and eating wild giant grasshoppers called locusts and honey. And he's going to have this life of living apart in a very like lonely, desolate place because he is calling people to uh, turn away from their from their normal way of life, which hasn't brought them very, very many blessings and prepare. He's, he's called to prepare people for God. And I feel like God 
because we're told that uh, that God wants all of us to be prophets. You know, there's a verse that says, "Would that all of you be prophets." And then in the in the New Testament, you know, Paul is saying, "Seek earnestly all the gifts of the Spirit, but especially the gift of prophecy." which is basically speaking on behalf of God. So I feel like there was a grace that was given to little Johnny, you know, who was given this big assignment by God. And that was to, to receive some kind of grace, you know? Actually his name means, anyone know what John means? It means, John the Baptist's name means to whom? the Lord is gracious. Okay, so his dad kind of messed up. I mean, the, the chance of his life, you know, he's standing before this angel who's telling him that he's going to have this miraculous baby. It has to be a miracle because he's too old. To have, he and his wife are too old. And he stands there and he pretty much blows it. You know, he's like, well, how can I believe you? How can I know that? You know? And so God is like, okay, well, here's a sign. You're, you'll be deaf and mute for a while. But, you know, Zechariah has some time to think about that. And when he decides to come on board and not, not name his child after himself, not just make Johnny a chip off the old block and make him follow in his footsteps, because that's what's expected. He actually goes with God's plan, which is weird. And all the neighbors are like, wow, wow, wow. He's like, yes. And as soon as he makes, writes the name down John, which means uh, to whom the Lord is gracious, all of a sudden his voice comes back. He gets his voice. He gets, he gets his calling back. God gives his calling back. And I like that. So if we mess up, there's, there's a second chance, you know, um, even, if, even if we thought we missed the best chance of our lives and he gets his, his voice back and boom, he's back on track. And he and his wife, he and, and his wife Elizabeth, are happy that that Johnny's going to be doing his own thing, and called by the Lord to do something that's hard. And you know, uh, when you wonder well, why why wasn't he supposed to have alcohol? Because that was bad. Well, that's not the point. The point is that he's going to be doing things that are going to make him look like a crazy person out there. But if he, so if he was drinking wine, which I mean, they, I don't think back then, I mean, they probably drink a lot of wine. I'm not going to comment on wine, but I'm just saying the point was not the wine so much as it just like if he's not drinking at all, then it can't be due to alcohol. And there were no other drugs, it was just alcohol back then. So it couldn't be because he was drinking too much wine. Is that the so called crazy life that he had of wandering out there and telling people, hey, God is, God is coming. God is here Baptist. and baptizing them and having them turn away from their old life and step into the new, that that they would know that, okay, this must be from God. Besides, look at his name, you know, there must be something going on. And there's something going on with us too, just in the same way, because God calls us all to, um, like John the Baptist, to prepare the way for the Lord every day, not just around Christmas time. So when we when we go out and do missions on the street or when we do missions in our family or when we do missions anywhere in the world and we're, we're, we're being deliberate, we're being thoughtful in the way that we talk to people because we want people to, to know God's love for them despite how they screw up, 
that is preparing the way for the Lord and for people to turn back, you know, for fathers to turn back to their children when they've screwed up or for children to turn back to their father, fathers and mothers because of the fact that we mess up too. God is making a way. And this should be something that we should not doubt about, like, oh, how do I know? But we should actually be rejoicing like the neighbors who are like, wow, this is so amazing. And they just rejoice to rejoice. So last night, um, uh, let's see, there was a conversation going on with Jessica about scripture. Ha ha. <laughs> and um, just wait till we help figure out how to tie this in. But can you find that scripture in first Peter? No, James. Oh, James. What the one that says, if you're, if there's a reason to be joyful, be joyful. Yeah. What, what is it again? First James. James. Okay. James 13 through 8. James 5. James 5. I want to read this because this really moved me. James 5, 13 through 18. So if our identity is in God. Yes. Yeah, yeah. One, one second. If our identity is in God and not just, you know, our family, right? If that's not our true identity, then what is? What is our true identity? Our true ID is that is God, is God, you know? He calls us children. We're called ch children of God. I mean, we have biological parents, but primarily our, our main ID card, it's invisible, but God knows and we know, is child of God, belong to God. Different lifestyle than anything that, you know, the world would have for us. And different from our parents, even though our parents could be good, generally good people or whatever or if they were generally not good people that's also good to know that we do not that that's not who we are forever because god calls us to a unique role you know unique and that's very that's beautiful he gives us grace you know john's name means the one who got great you know grace shown and zachariah got grace shown to him despite his mess ups and john the baptist got grace shown to him despite the fact that he's going to be doing hard stuff and going against his you know going against whatever the, the, whatever everybody expected him to do so yeah he jumped people into children of god he, he did that through baptism right because that's our identity is we're, we're dead to our old self and our old things that that locked us in and when we would go into the waters of baptism we find out who we really are according to God because we're identified with Jesus who died for our sins and made it possible for us to be free. And so this is something that should cause us to be joyful. Now, Zachariah, when he had a, 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 an opportunity to jump up and down and say, I'm going to have a child, he wasn't, he was still doubting, but he should have been joyful. And when we, ha when he, when, when we have doubts, we can ask God, because look, Mary, when the, when the same angel came to Mary saying, you're going to have a baby, even though you're, even though you're a virgin, she's like, oh, how's that going to happen? Because I'm a virgin. That's not the same thing as doubting and saying, well, how do I know that it's true? It's not so much how do I know it's true, but wow, that's amazing. How, how is it going to work? And then, you know, God's not like, you bad girl. You didn't trust me. He's like, oh, oh, it's because the Holy Spirit's going to cause you to be pregnant. She's like, oh, okay, yeah, okay, I'm good with that. Whereas Zachariah's like, I don't know. 
So th there's a difference there between saying, hmm, and oh, how's that going to be? God doesn't mind questions, but we're supposed to be people of faith. So if we doubt, we can just pray. If we if we need help, we can just ask. So I was wondering if you could read that part, because that that really is what our life is like as sons and daughters. And maybe can you come up here? Oh, oh sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, this is James 5, 13 through 18. Are any of you suffering hardships? You should pray. Are any of you happy? You should sing praises. Are any of you sick? You should call the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick and the Lord will make you well. And if you have committed any sins, you will be forgiven. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be, be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Elijah was human as we are. And yet when he prayed earnestly that no rain would fall, none fell for three and a half years. Then when he prayed again, the sky sent down rain and the earth began to yield its crops. And actually, Zachariah prayed a prayer too, didn't he? For a baby when they couldn't have children and he got a baby, but he, he wasn't joyful. So I think that that just, um, I feel like that scripture, which um, Jessica was bringing up last night, really has a place for us because we forget just to do the obvious thing. You know, if we're, if we're joyful and even if other people around us aren't joyful, that doesn't mean we don't have to be joyful. We can be joyful even if other people are not in that kind of mood um, because being joyful is healthy. It's a healthy thing for us. Have you ever tried laughing and seeing what that does? Like serious, fun laughing? I don't mean like making fun of people kind of laughing, but just like real, like joyful, joyful laughing. It it's, feels good, right? It's, it's medicine. And similar, similarly, if we're sad, you know, we, we need to, we, maybe it's not good to isolate. Maybe we need to be able to come and get prayer from someone or tell them our feelings, express our feelings. And just because that person over there is being all joyful, um, maybe we're not able to be joyful, but, but God sees that too. And like, just be real with your emotions, right? There's nothing more annoying than a, like a Christian who's like, mm, you know, yes, my you know son just died, but praise the Lord anyway, you know. I'm serious. Like I just met someone, and and that's what they said, and I just feel bad because I feel like, wow, this is really heavy. And yeah. but as a Christian, you're supposed to just be in all circumstances, give thanks to the Lord and for this cancer, thanks for the Lord. I mean, you can be thankful in hard circumstances, but let's not be weird with our emotions where God made us human and we need to be able to, to live into our emotions. And if we have issues that we feel like we can't deal with, with just God and us to reach out. So I like how the story ended when all the neighbors were, they were just like marveling about this and they were keeping this precious mystery like in their hearts kind of like, wow, we don't get it, but let's just, let's keep it in our hearts and, and, and kind of like meditate on it and, and, and just be excited. So let's we'll pray about that. God, I thank you that 
you sent Johnny the Baptist into this world to show your grace to our world, to us, and that that you you just made a way for for him, and you make a way for us to be your your son or your daughter. And I just ask that you would help us to learn more about what that means because we only have our regular families that kind of can mess up our idea of our true identity, you know? So just ask that you would teach us who we actually are because we want to live as your empowered children. And we just pray that um, you would help us to do what that what that James passage said about being joyful when we have reason to be joyful, even if we don't know what's coming next. But we can be joyful for this moment, and if we are, if if we are sick, that we can ask for prayer, and and don't and, and we want to live like real, like spirit filled believers, just like John the Baptist. And we thank you for your Holy Spirit that makes it possible to be connected to you, and. Um, we ask your blessing on each one of us tonight and for your peace to come on to us. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen.